Ultra. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, one depressing admission at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And joining us today are Rick and Julia Ingham from Mad Max Minute. And Waterworld. And Waterworld Minute now. Yeah. I don't know why you guys are doing that to yourselves, but... uh... (laughs) I have relatively indifferent memories of Waterworld. Well, ahoy, I guess. (laughs) Indifferent is a good place to start because there's plenty of room to go up. Exactly. If you start in the middle ground. Or down. It means that there's still room to climb. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It also means we probably won't disappoint you. Exactly. (laughs) If If you go in with no expectations, you can never be disappointed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's true. But we saw you guys doing so many super long movies. And so we were like, oh, there's a three hour cut of Waterworld. Let's be like Norman and Cassandra. Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> there's a three hour cut of Waterworld. Ugh. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, why? <laughs> why? What they add? 20 minutes of seeing a boat on the water. Oh my God. Uh, They added everything they took out for the theatrical version because they deemed it to be superfluous and too much. Oh, sounds like the Hobbit (laughs) And someone found all of that and put it right back in. Oh my God. (laughs) So speaking of, uh, speaking of setting expectations, um, today we're talking about minute 196, (laughs) which starts with Frodo saying there'll be none left for the return journey. And ends with Frodo turning around while Sauron's eye is sweeping the plains of Gorgoroth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, that there'll be none left for the return journey line from Frodo is immediately followed up by Sam saying, I don't think there'll be a return journey. Yeah. Oh, I love this so much. I love Sam so much. (laughs) Because he's just so, like, he's a little sad about it, but so matter of fact. Like, it's okay. I've known for a while we aren't going home, but I'm here anyways. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's so it's sad, but like hopeful, like he, and courageous and honorable. Yeah, he helps Frodo to his feet. When do you think Sam um, realized that there wasn't going to be a return journey? Because like at the beginning, is it the beginning of this movie or in Two Towers? It's the beginning of this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in the they're rationing. in the culvert, and he's rationing it out. Yeah, because um, he's very adamant about the fact that like, oh no, we're going home. Yeah. It's Gollum's betrayal. And then Sam realizes that there is no turning around. Oh, poor Sam. Really? Because I was under the impression that Sam had hope of returning up until the point where he dumped his pots and pans along with the rest <laughs> of the orc armor. Dude, that's mm, a good that's interesting. A good point. That's a good point. Like, why else would he hold on to the pots and pans? If yeah. not for the return journey home. I like that. It's just I was sentimental. thinking probably during when it got real bad with Gollum. Yeah. That was probably when but I really like the pots and pans ditching. Yeah. I think he was preparing himself mentally for not being able to return home when he thought that perhaps he was the one that was going to have to go alone to the mountain to do this. Mm, that's true. Ooh. 
I do like mood. that we see uh, Sting on Sam's hip for the rest of the movie. Yeah. He's carrying the sword now. He earned that, man. Yeah. Well, also, Frodo's going downhill so quickly. He can't yeah. wield the sword anymore. I don't think Sam wants to necessarily give him a weapon. <laughs> like, yeah. dude, you're starting to be unstable. Maybe I won't give you a sword. <laughs> Something pointy. Yeah, I think the scene yeah. at the end in, in Mount Doom would have gone differently if Frodo had a sword. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, it would have gone exactly like the Return of the King video game on the PlayStation. Oh, uh, I like, I don't think I've played that. Okay, I was telling Julie about this when we sat down to watch this whole movie the other day, uh, because it was our wedding anniversary, and so we decided to come home and be like, hey, let's watch Lord of the Rings, the extended edition, Aww. while we eat fried food from a pizza place. That sounds so awesome. There you go. Uh, uh, but I was telling anniversaries her Anniversaries in the time of COVID. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I was telling her that in the playstation 2 lord of the rings return of the king video game the final confrontation with Gollum is sam and frodo swords out wailing on smeagol and the idea is that you drive him to the edge and he hangs off the edge and you do a downward thrust with your sword to damage his hands and after you do that four or five times then he falls off the cliff <laughs> <laughs> so it's a lot more violent a lot more blade swinging huh yeah, well, you got to make it exciting for the video game. Yeah, exactly. Is that the is that the the like hack and slash game where you could unlock Tom Bombadil? What? I don't believe there was Tom Bombadil, but you could unlock Faramir. Because I know that there's one of those like hack and slash Lord of the Rings games where you can unlock <laughs> Tom Bombadil. <laughs> yeah. I, I never played one of those. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, this in the middle of this this minute or at starting around the 42nd mark until the end we get frodo just kind of swatting at invisible flies yeah which is a passage from the book that peter jackson liked and just wanted to put in the movie just uh get away from before before we get too far away from sam talking about not having enough for or return journey does anybody remember the 1997 movie gattaca i've never seen gattaca oh I feel like I have seen Gattaca once and like, I don't know. I don't know. Keep talking. You might unlock something in my brain. <laughs> I was shown Gattaca in school. What? Why? I don't remember exactly why, but it stars Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. And they live in a future society where your genetic makeup is very closely monitored and natural births are a rarity. And so Ethan Hawke is a dude that was naturally conceived and he has a lot of natural shortcomings that everybody else doesn't have, but he wants to go to space. And so he hooks up with Jude Law and Jude Law is like, here, I will give you my blood and bags of my pee and you can just <laughs> assume my identity so you can go to space. And Uma Thurman is his girlfriend, uh, romantic counterpart in that movie. But one of the things that Ethan Hawke does is compete with his younger brother, who is physically superior to him in every way. And they do this competition where they dive into the ocean and they swim out as far as they can and then stop and turn around. And whoever stops and turns around first loses the competition. And they have a flashback where Ethan Hawke swims out into the ocean and he starts drowning and his brother has to save him. And towards the end of the movie, there's this big reveal. Spoiler alert for a 1997 movie. But <laughs> the brother's like, 
the brother's like, why could I, you know, why would you never turn back first? And Ethan Hawke's like, because I never saved anything for the return journey. Like he just mm. put his all into that outward swim because he didn't want to appear weak or fail himself for his personal goals. And so Sam is like, yeah, we're, we're putting it all out there. We're all in. We're as the fast and furious movies say, ride or die. (laughs) (laughs) It reminded me of the abyss where Ed Harris's character goes down to the Marianas trench to um, deactivate a nuke. And he gets down there and he doesn't have enough oxygen to get back. So all the people mm. back at the base are like, oh, no, 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 you have to come back now. Maybe the gauge is wrong. He's like, no, I always knew this was a one-way journey. Yeah, Sam Sam has made his, his realization. He's internalized it. He's mulled it over. And now he's finally spoken it aloud to Frodo. Yeah. And Frodo looks a little surprised, but he just helps him to his feet and they carry on. I, I don't know that Frodo looks surprised. I think Frodo looks sad. Like, I feel like Frodo is very regretful about the fact that, like, this has finally broken Sam. It's stolen his innocence. Yeah. Such a pure boy now understanding, well, there's no going home. Mm -hmm. We just got to walk straight to that big magical fire mountain and do the deed. Yeah, because, like, because Frodo admires Sam's optimism so much. Like, that's why he's here. Yeah. And, like, for Sam to say something like this, I feel like is a, a really, like, hard thing for frodo to kind of take yeah i mean it's reality asserting itself in a very dramatic way yes yeah just oh yeah. okay and it's not like a bunch of eagles are just gonna swoop down out of the sky and save them at the end no That's no so no, no. <laughs> far out of the realm of possibility that why even consider it yeah no they're the eagles are coming <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna die all right cool we're gonna we're gonna make this happen though Let's dump this stupid piece of jewelry and then just die. (laughs) I am powered by spite, which keeps me going. Yep. (laughs) We'll get to the people powered by spite before the end of the week. That's Gollum, dude. (laughs) Yeah, then we we transition from Frodo and Sam to this scene of the the men of the West, the army of the West, uh, just kind of stopping in formation in front of the Black Gate. These Mm -hmm. are all New Zealand army extras for the most part. Nice. That's why they're walking so precisely yes that's why they know exactly what they're doing sweet move three three feet to the left all right cool gotcha Mm -hmm. (laughs) i guess that this was all filmed on an army army munitions range all the stuff in front of the black gate which is pretty cool and the military didn't want them to film here but the government was just like you have to help this production (laughs) (laughs) so you have to make us look good. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing that happened because it was the only flat desert looking space in all of New Zealand where they could film desert looking stuff in. Mm, that's interesting. It's so, so they... weird to see Rohan soldiers mixed in with Gondor soldiers. Like, yeah, they're, yeah. they're so I, unique. I like that. I like the intermingling of them. Right. It's an allied army. Yeah. Though it doesn't it's it's kind of it is a little weird that they're like mingling so hard instead of just like okay gondor on this side and rohan on this side i think a lot of horses died so oh yeah. yeah that's true yeah we saw so many so i think the the Rohirrim are a, a bit diminished yeah but there's not a whole lot going on in this scene just yet this is this is very much like a little setup minute for yeah. things to come yeah we just get to look at all these banners look at all the banners in the wind so many 
they're going to take the time to line up and be official looking because even though this is just a distraction, that doesn't mean we can slack off and not be professionals. That's right. We got to look like we're here for the real deal. I mean, this is this is Aragorn's first kind of like official outing as like king, right? Like it gets a soft official first, you know? Yeah, because he, he's not technically king yet. Dude, he's wearing the tree of Gondor. Yeah. But he has he hasn't been crowned. He's technically not king. Okay, but he's like leading them. Yes. There's no leader right now. The previous right. steward is dead and and the new one is like I suppose in the hospital. Well, so so to my mind, to, to to me, the way that this works out is that some official military guy in Gondor was talking to Faramir, and Faramir was like, for now, listen to that guy. I barely know what's happening right now listen to aragorn <laughs> yeah for, for now let's from the north seems like a cool oh guy my gosh. if the if the newly crowned king of rohan listens to him we should too right this movie doesn't need to be longer no scenes need to be added but i can imagine faramir having a military leader come to him and faramir going full-on hawkeye being like listen i don't this is all an insane thing i've got you know barely enough life in me to keep moving let's just listen to the new guy because he showed up with ghosts <laughs> <laughs> he, seems he was at the head of an doing. army of ghosts that's good enough for me <laughs> seems to know what he's doing he saved the day he looks like all these statues in the throne room I wonder... just give him a chance <laughs> well I mean because Faramir trusts Gandalf that was right. established so like if Gandalf just shows up with this guy uh, Faramir's like alright that makes sense to me yeah. I feel like even though Faramir was healing, Faramir should have been in the throne room discussion scene. No, he's busy wooing Eowyn. Not that we see it. He's busy wooing <laughs> Eowyn off screen. He's pitching and That's woo. a lot of work. He needs to focus. Yeah. Right? You don't half-ass wooing a woman. Not no, of her she's caliber. She's a very intimidating young lady. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. It takes his full and undivided attention. Yeah. I mean, also he's healing. He's probably napping like eight hours a day. At least <laughs> napping and then sleeping. Right. Sleeping for like 20 hours total in uh -huh. a day. Wakes up, has breakfast, woos Eowyn for an hour, goes back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oof, that took a lot out of me. I need a nap. And she's like, same. <laughs> Emotional vulnerability. No. Like when the extent of their medical treatments are having aragorn dab your brow with what looks to be a damp cloth until you start breathing like yeah you're gonna need some time on your own to let nature run its course uh-huh here chew on this root it's a painkiller <laughs> oh and nap so a lot. many so many opportunities for people to say bring me the milk of the poppy So we get these two cutaways. I don't know. I don't know if I like the way that it's edited in this minute. It feels kind of choppy. With the, the cutaway back. Yeah, I was Sam. feeling the choppiness too. Yeah. Especially like twice. heading over to the army. Not really much is happening. They're just lining up. Do we really mm -hmm. need to keep chopping back and forth? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what the, the purpose of that is in the editing. On the editing off. room. I feel like this is the most. These things are happen happening concurrently situations like they are literally mm -hmm. both happening at the same time instead of 
the rest of the movie where it keeps cutting back and forth, where it's like, this could have been happening days or weeks ago. Like, no, these things definitely same time, which is why it feels so choppy. Yeah. Because they don't want to let one thing get too far ahead of the other. Right, because the the sweep of the eye in this this greater scene needs to feel like it's happening at the exact same time between Frodo and the army. Mm-hmm. So you need to keep the I army in focus that. through this whole scene. And the tension of the army getting set up, because we know they're there specifically to draw the eye. So we're like, okay, you gotta hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Get the eye's attention because Frodo and Sam aren't doing too good. We have to get it off of them. So mm-hmm. we do feel that tension that this is all happening real yeah. time. Every cut kind of slows the movie down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Especially it's... watching it minute by minute. It makes it feel probably more dramatic than it is. Because when I was watching back the minutes to take notes, just listening to the commentary and stuff, I don't think it felt quite the same. But seeing the cuts inside of knowing I'm looking at just a 60 second slice yeah, it makes it feel like it slows like right down. Four times. Yeah, it just goes back mm-hmm. and forth and back and forth. It's a lot for a minute. <laughs> yeah. But I think part of why is because the locations are so vastly different from each other. Whereas if you're seeing like someone in hiding in roughly the, in like the same space and someone making a distraction, cutting back and forth between their faces in like the same room or the same building doesn't have the same sort of, same sort of feeling as cutting back and forth between entirely different geographic backdrops. Yeah, that's true, I guess. I don't know. The lighting's different too. I wonder if it's that too. Yeah. So it just makes it feel choppy because the lighting and the, the background is so different. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know. It's an interesting sort of deal, I guess. I don't I don't know that I've like had that complaint about a minute before. No, I don't think so cuz there's not very many there's not very many Cut back away. and forth cuts yeah. anyway <laughs> and anywhere in these movies. Yeah. Most cuts The one thing are... you really got to appreciate about the shots between outside the gate and inside the gate is that when you look outside the gate, the sun is shining and you can see over the gate at how thick the cloud cover is. And then when you cut back to Sam and Frodo, it's a huge black void above them. And Mm -hmm. you can see the sunlight sneaking in from the edges of Mordor, but I love that consistency. It's you can see the cloud covering Mordor and then you're under the cloud covering Mordor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Peter, Peter Jackson talks about in the commentary. They had to, for most of the scenes they filmed around Ruapeho and on the North Island in general, they anything That's they filmed the volcanic the volcanic area yeah Ruapeho yeah. is the volcano yeah uh anything they filmed around it or like and then stuff they filmed on the north island it was like just clear skies so often that they pretty much had to digitally paint every sky in scenes they filmed outside in those places yeah <laughs> That's funny Yeah I it's think like, you can kind of tell too cuz the lighting on them is but it makes it so that it looks like otherworldly yeah which i don't know i think it works yeah john howe talks about the his thought process for designing the backgrounds too for the the environment of mordor as though uh it was stormy seas that have just been turned into rock so the outcroppings and the topography of mordor feels unnatural that's interesting yeah Mm. i'm just like that's cool i dig that he has, he has a good way of describing his his design choices. Like artistic he's very vision. Yeah, he's he's very relaxing to listen to when he just goes off on a tangent about why he designs <laughs> something a certain way. 
and doesn't speak as quietly as Alan oh Lee. Oh my god, Alan Lee like mumbles the whole time. And he's so quiet. Yeah. It's just like, I have to turn the volume up so high to understand what Alan Lee is trying to tell uh-huh. me. But then if it just cuts from Alan Lee to Richard Taylor, I just like blast out the speakers uh-huh. on, the, on the TV. <laughs> oh, that's always the worst. Yeah. I don't really have any other notes for this minute. Nothing to kind of pick out. I got some more for, for tomorrow. In I'm so same excited area. for the end of the week. I'm pumped. Oh, I've yeah. been wanting to talk about this for, since like before we started. Like the <laughs> last, of the game. I know. Like the last two and a half minutes of the week are great. Yes. yes. Just, yeah. just because of one person in particular. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So the book specifies that Frodo sees flies and unpleasant insects, right? Yes, I, be- I believe so. I couldn't find okay. the passage when I was just digging through the book really quick. Do you think that Peter Jackson may have been tempted to have Weta throw in some flies that only Frodo could see, that we get a quick POV shot of Frodo and then the, the bugs oh. are tormenting him and then a shot of Sam looking at Frodo and there's not anything there? I like feel like the, that would have been too much. And I feel it feels like the thing that Peter Jackson would have been very tempted to do. Yeah, yeah. that feels very you, on brand for him. You just made me think of uh, the Flintstones <laughs> and the little alien guy that only Fred and Barney can see. What? Yes. <laughs> I can't remember that little alien dude's name at all. That's funny. Um, he's a little little green spaceman that only Fred and Barney can see. He just kind of torments them and causes random stuff to happen. In the cartoon? Yeah. Oh. Wow, the, I great the Great Gazoo. The Great Gazoo. There we go. <laughs> he just always causes trouble whenever he shows up. That's funny. And no one else can see him. Oh my god, he's is he like Q? Is he like yes. the Flintstones he's equivalent of Q? Basically the Flintstones equivalent of Q. <laughs> <laughs> he was voiced by Harvey Corbin. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. <laughs> wow. I was just like, oh, that was a memory just packed away from yeah, watching Flintstones real. as a kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, if if you don't have anything else, um, we're from the website duelinggenre.com, mm-hmm. uh, where you can check out a whole bunch of other podcasts. Uh, and if you'd like to lend Dueling Genre your support, you can head to duelinggenre.com slash support, uh, where for as little as $1 a month on Patreon, you get access to Scott Pilgrim versus The Minute. And where can our listeners find you guys? Well, Julia and I, we're from the website madmaxminute.com where you can find all sorts of podcasts directly relating to Mad Max movies broken down by the minute, as well as our season five content covering Waterworld H2O minutes at a time. <laughs> nice. Bless. <laughs> We've also shifted to a once a week release schedule, so it is going to be a long and drawn out series. Yeah. Much like Waterworld. Much <laughs> like Waterworld. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope everyone has a great Monday and we'll be back tomorrow to keep talking about, well, Frodo and Sam and Mordor, the army at the Black Gate. Same and old, among, same old. Same old, same old. <laughs> among other things. Yeah. Bye. Bye.